Welcome to Being Schooled. Being Schooled poses several questions. How can school adapt to serve students in a world that allows access to any knowledge at any time in ways more suited to you and at any pace that you prefer? How can school better prepare us for a future where change is accelerating and ownership for continual learning is more important than ever? Being Schooled is inspired by William and Thomas. In this podcast series, William and Thomas share experiences and insights with contributions from guests and current thinkers on the topic of what it means to learn and be learned in contemporary society. All right, uh, joining us here today on Being Schooled is Scott Verhove. Uh, Scott is the Executive Director at the Business and Education Partnership of Waterloo Region. The Business and Education Partnership is an award-winning charity, charity that helps young people better understand and prepare for the world of work so that they can build their own path to successful careers. Scott is passionate about using his skills as an educator and manager to help young people develop a sense of purpose and belonging. Scott is involved in facilitating programming that, that brings together students, educators, community members in the broader business sector in support of improved learning, community prosperity, and um, just a better overall society for us all. Scott was educated in the public education system and currently has a young child who is anticipating entry into public elementary school in the distant future, I think. But uh, thank you, Scott. We're really glad to have you here today. Thanks, everybody. I'm glad to be here. And uh, with us, as usual, is uh, William and Thomas. And um, Howdy. how's it going? We are uh, we're we're interested in talking uh, from your perspective, Scott, about this idea of a learning plan, and a student actually being able to construct a learning plan from uh, experiences within and certainly outside of the school. And so we were interested because of your involvement with uh, many community partners. We were interested in what your thoughts were about students drawing on the experiences, the wisdom, the opportunities out in our community to actually build that in as part of a learning plan for themselves. Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, I think my my experience in high school, um, I, I, I probably wasn't taking the initiative to create a plan for my own learning. Um, I think I kind of took courses as they came to me and uh, and didn't really think about taking the initiative on on uh, how I might actually learn and go out into the community and learn. But I think it's definitely uh, a, sh- a shift that's happening. I actually read something yesterday that was referencing uh, some advice for young people. And it said, you know, don't don't rely on the adults too much. <laughs> and I thought it really resonated with this uh, topic of this podcast. Um, I think I think uh, using folks as a resource is a great idea, but also, um, you know, I think starting that plan from within, um, figuring out what it is that you're interested in learning about, um, it's probably the first step there. So that's, that's maybe the short answer to what could be a lot, a lot longer answer too. (laughs) I guess just like the idea of taking a mentorship, but not necessarily kind of full direction, right? Like to, to do your own thing and then, and then use your passions and motivations to kind of, go out into the community and find people 
who could provide you know valuable knowledge and, and and insight into what you're doing specifically right um i mean i don't know if that's kind of more or less what what you guys do um i don't know if you could maybe maybe speak a little bit more about what your organization does and like if you've got anything that you're currently working on or, or doing that you're that you're kind of excited about yeah that's a good good question um yeah so our organization had, runs a number of different programs um the largest thing that we do is actually connect guest speakers to uh classrooms to talk about their careers so the idea there is you know helping young people see some different opportunities that perhaps they hadn't considered or weren't aware of uh and you know learning about certain occupations and that sort of thing but i think more so hearing the stories of people who have gone through this path before and understanding through their their experience what steps they could take um and sort of seeing different pathways to being um, successful and, and kind of meeting your whatever goals you might have for yourself in the future. Um, and then we run a number of other events that are typically more like a one day events. So career fairs, career expos and those kinds of things. So to be honest, we haven't had as many programs where there's as much opportunity for students to take, you know, an initiative and um, connect with businesses directly um, mm-hmm. except coming to uh to in-person events and things like that. So this virtual world required us to do things a little bit differently. <laughs> and I think that's part of the phase that we're in now is, is also mm-hmm. doing a bit of listening to um, young people and trying to understand from them, you know, what would be useful um, and how I, how might we play a role in helping to facilitate um, those connections, that sort of thing. Are you con- are you connected with co-op? Because like co-op kind of seems, seems like something that would fit into what you're doing quite well. Yeah, co-op. Right? Like, do you help facilitate any type of co-op relationships or anything like that? Yeah. So a lot of times we have organizations who come to us who are looking for ways to get, you know, get involved. They want to inform students about different options or they just want to make a difference in the lives of young people. Um, So in that case, we'll often connect businesses to to the school boards or individual schools who facilitate those co-op programs. Um, Sometimes it goes the other way. So there might be a teacher who comes to us and says, uh, you know, I have a student who's looking for X. I don't know anyone who does that. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have an existing <laughs> co-op placement, you know, uh, or company who does that kind of thing. Uh, so in those cases, we can help, uh, you know, be be a connector. A lot of what we do ends up being mediated through schools, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. But um, definitely there's, uh, you know, connections that we try to make. And uh, I think sometimes that stuff is coming from the student uh, who's, who's uh, making that first, uh, initiating that first, uh, need, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think we, we kind of understand the importance of no matter, no matter how great the system is set up at the, at the end of the day, a student does sort of need to take initiative, right? Um, just, just ideally there'd be really clear and obvious payoff for a student who does take initiative. Um, I mean, so, so we, we've, we've kind of ex- explored some ideas of, of you know like changes in 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 the educational system uh like when it comes to opportunities for students um is is there anything that kind of comes to mind for you as something that you could really see being implemented in the public education system that could kind of give give students better opportunities to interact with and learn from businesses, especially in like in like in, in the surrounding areas, how do you think that would kind of 
be implemented? Obviously, that that's a that's a that's a tough question. Um, but I don't know. Well, I have ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have them all, but I've got some. Uh, so I mean, we we run some uh, we run some events that are uh, kind of a design thinking challenge for students. Uh, historically, we run them at local companies. Um, so students actually coming out. Uh, interacting with a company around a challenge that the organization is facing and learning about some of the, the problems that they work on uh, in their industry. Um, so that kind of project-based learning, I think, is really, really valuable. It's hard for teachers, I think, sometimes to, again, make those connections. Um, so, you know, when organizations like ours create those kinds of opportunities, I think that's a, that's a win-win. Um, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, for me, I think the biggest thing is when teachers can create or uh, create a space for their students to create projects that are authentic and have actual application, right? So, um, you know, teachers could have their students, you know, create a podcast. I don't know. Uh, you know, um, but it, it, it totally flips the, uh, flips things on, on its like head, it. right? When, yeah, I want to take your idea, <laughs> but, um, you know, flips things on its head when, uh, when there's kind of an authentic assessment at the end of the end of the, at the end of the day, something that folks are trying to do. And then I think that there, mm. there becomes opportunity to include, uh, businesses and community leaders in that, in that production. Um, you know, mm. really like, like you guys are here now. Right. Um, yeah. And like, not to mention motivation from all ends, right? Like from the students and the and the business. So that's that's really great that what you guys are doing is kind of finding the 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 middle ground between these kind of like banks of knowledge and in, in businesses and these people who are really trying to learn and 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 gain real applicable knowledge. So that, that's that's really great. I was gonna ask as well, Scott, because I I appreciate that you've got. Uh, a broad perspective around education being uh, trained as an educator and then, you know, taking on this role as the executive director with the business and education partnership. Do, do you have some observations about um, how the school system could perhaps operate a little more effectively in giving not only or getting opportunities for, for students or facilitating those, but also how the experiences of students could be uh, could be assessed or credited in some way so that, you know, someone who's doing some of this extra work could actually go back to the school and say, look, at, I've got these really valuable experiences. Uh, can, you know, can we count them towards something? So at least there's, there's additional value um, from what I've done outside for, you know, the inside the system. So any observations from your perspective, having, you know, work with educational systems for a little bit of time? Well, I agree with the impetus because I think, um, you know, I think it's, there's enough to do uh, with, with courses as they are, right? So to have to go, to, to have a lot of extracurriculars and to be taking on extra stuff, I think can be overwhelming for a lot of, a lot of people. Um, so any opportunity for folks to take uh, what they do outside of school and to show that they are meeting, uh, you know, the curriculum requirements uh, uh, in school makes a lot of sense. Um I'm not sure that I know the best way to do that, but I know one one thing that comes to mind for me, and I, all of this comes back to uh, you know how schools are timetabled and things like this. But um, you know, one thing that comes back to me is if, if there are courses that have um, you know a fairly broad uh, kind of mandate, um, then there becomes you know opportunity for students to come at those curriculum requirements a lot of different ways. So, an example that comes to mind for me 
I had a conversation with a teacher from, uh, well, actually things from KCI, if I remember correctly, uh, which I think folks know, um, <laughs> and uh, she's teaching a leadership course. And um, actually, I'm remembering now how this came about. Uh, actually, she was approached by a student first. Um, and the student said to me, I'm working on this passion project. We're um, trying to connect young people in my school to uh, volunteer opportunities. And I thought, well, that seems like a good idea. I said, you should probably reach out to the Volunteer Action Center who does does this work for a living? Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I thought, well, that was really interesting. I want to learn more about, you know, why is this happening? So I asked her. She connected me to her, her teacher, um, and I learned that uh, the t- teacher is teaching a leadership course. And basically, that was the project uh, of of the course was to actually have students uh, design their own passion project and um, gather. There was meant to be some sort of community involvement in those uh, in, in many cases, and so. Uh, students are actually, you know, engaged that way and in, in uh, going out, uh, making connections in the community uh, to uh, develop their project. And, you know, they're getting course credit for that. So I thought that was a fantastic idea. Um, yeah, that's a good example of how yeah. that can be done. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, Will. I, I definitely didn't never took any any leadership course. I didn't have the space, <laughs> space for it ever. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a, definitely you'd, you'd kind of see people doing you know making products and stuff it's kind of kind of hard because there's like a there's like a balance in a course like that where it's like oh you know there's an easy whatever there's there like there's an easy 90 or something right and all you kind of have to do is is whatever kind of you know mess around a little bit and then and then do this one project or whatever this two projects but but it is true i mean it's these kind of thoughts and and ideas and and to have students thinking through these things kind of at a at a young age and even though most of them probably aren't taking it very seriously, they're probably just kind of, you know, doing whatever they can to just kind of like, you know, pass pass by in the class and just, you know, like collect their 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 great mark. There are there are gonna be students who really are really are interested in in finding kind of how how they can tie their learning into their passions, especially if it if it's involved with community involvement. Um, because then, then, then that sort of leadership aspect can really, can really come into play. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you have some thoughts about that. Well, I don't know. I don't like the leadership program. I was always like, ah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I had my own stuff going on. I was pretty much like that about any aspect of school involvement that wasn't mandatory. I was like, not for me. No, thanks. Yeah. So you're, so, so <laughs> yeah. you're probably a bad example. I'm a horrible of, example. Uh, I thought, I thought it was, of, of how I, was I was like, man, whatever. I gotta go. You know, I, gotta, I, I, I thought <laughs> the same thing actually though. I, yeah. I would say, um, I think one of the issues is, is branding, right? Like probably uh, <laughs> not, not every student thinks of, you know, when they think of a leadership program, they might not be thinking that that applies to them. Right. And, uh, you know, um, there's probably a certain uh, type of student who might be more inclined to take that elective mm-hmm. class. And 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 as you said, uh, Thomas, you know, um, depending on what other classes mm-hmm. you have, uh, you might not really see room for a course like that in your timetable either, right? And uh, I, I certainly never that's, did. That's no. a big issue with co-op. We talked a lot about about that mm-hmm. as well. You know, for maybe a student who's um, more academically uh, inclined, like taking a lot of university level courses, I should say. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, they might not have room in their timetable to have a cooperative education experience, and then they're missing out on that real world experience that might help them in a lot of different ways. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely why we're kind of trying to think of ways 
that you know that like cooperative education can be tied in to just what is kind of known as like formal education right because because there's no there's no circumstance where where cooperative and like real life experience forms of education aren't going to be helpful like it doesn't matter what you're doing you know even if even if you want to be doing calculus right you really you know like sure that's going to be a lot of just sitting and then writing down math but there's just so much that goes into it you know from like from like an engineering side or or whatever like a physics side or anything that that has real life application and also will then make all those courses more valuable because every student who's then taken calculus understands, hey, here are the things I can actually use this for instead of just great. Now I have this calculus course and I can like pretty much do basic math, but like what am I doing with this? Nothing. Oh, I'm oh, I'm using it just because it I need it to go to university to get my degree. And then I'm just gonna find my job based on pretty much nothing, maybe in my field. But there's no there's no direct like straight lines of work and there's no there's no direct line to 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 entrepreneurship in any way like there's no idea of hey like there's how could you there's really not <laughs> go ahead yeah <laughs> i remember i was so um so ticked off that in like career studies they didn't ever talk about at all um starting a business or entrepreneurship and i was always like well like not all of us want a job and they just kind of avoided it they act like it didn't even exist Right when they're like study career and I'm like I'm gonna study entrepreneurship and they're like that's not a career and I'm like well what yeah, that, you want the one thing you won't <laughs> let me study is the one thing I want to do how dumb is that I was like hex this class I'm gonna I don't care I was like whatever man I'm gonna but do I none think, of your homework think, yeah. none of your assignments like once once something that dumb happens in a class I immediately kind of lose all respect for the class and I'm like whatever I'm gonna be like a quarter a quarter here when you're talking like. That was just that was just my reaction the problem, at the time. Yeah. I think a lot of the problem in that case <laughs> is that you have teachers who whatever did their undergrad and went to teachers college teaching careers yeah, classes. Yeah, exactly. Like what are they like <laughs> and it's it's not to say those teachers aren't equipped to necessarily teach a careers class, but I know my careers teacher wasn't not really on 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 that teacher. I you know, I th- I thought I thought the person did a, did a great job teaching me careers but i was sort of like what do you know about careers other than teaching mm-hmm. and why can't we get speakers in here from leaving something like even something like small business center uh-huh. downtown kitchener why can't we get a speaker in from here why can't we even just someone in another field or someone who <laughs> someone who's been like a job yeah. coach or something yeah. like really it's just going to be this one teacher going Okay, and now now we're gonna take this test, figure out which job opportunities might be good for you. I'm like, what do you think? Nah. What is this? This is a waste of time. <laughs> and 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 why? Just just because, in theory, students should be having should have a course or or a half a course that's dedicated to finding jobs. Well, yeah, totally. I agree. Students students education part of that needs to go to you know applying their real life experience. But they're just like this. Just you kind of, you kind of, they kind of blew it there. It's a little bit like this class just kind of sucks. I don't really think anyone cares about it. I mean, I, I don't know. And so that's kind of, kind of difficult because on the one hand, there's the, you know, the students who care will care, right? And they'll, and they'll sit down and pay attention. But mm-hmm. you've got students who care about school who sit down 
in a careers class to go Psh, whatever like this is this a careers is, class yeah. i'm still not gonna pay exactly attention. and that's probably one of and that's some of the most important subject matter <laughs> that they're going to be learning yeah. at all right but just because and like you said before scott it's sort of i, I don't know the exact wording but just poor marketing poor branding like like we're not we're not sort of pushing these things as important right like we push these kind of maths and sciences as oh you know is it, you know uh, you're you're really smart if you can do all this stuff mm-hmm. and you know and like the and like the arts courses like oh you're really creative if you can do this stuff but there's no there's no sort of reward for 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 any kind of like work ethic and like legitimate like real kind of knowledge-based learning it's just like if you can do this stuff or this stuff this fast like you're you're good and if not whatever you just kind of kind of throw you to the wolves here yeah. i've often thought that um you know one of the challenges with high school in particular is all the courses are split up right so i mean one of the nice things about elementary school uh, at least in some schools and to some extent you have a interdisciplinary approach that's possible because you're kind of a single teacher teaching, you know, in theory, all the subjects to students. Yeah. I've often thought, you know, mm-hmm. it would be great if, if you had a combination of courses, and I know I've seen this done in our public school board, uh, uh, you know, where you actually were, we're learning multiple subjects together. It, it allows for more kinds of real world projects, I think, because I, I thought they mm-hmm. think about cooking. How many subjects could yeah. you teach through cooking? Everything. Right? Uh, you know, yeah. uh, so it's, uh, you know, you, you start to look at it that way and the subjects feed into it. But when you're, you kind of start with the subject, it's a little bit more, a little bit more limiting what you do with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, yeah, when you start comp- you know, kind of like compartmentalizing stuff, it's like, oh, wait a second. Like, you know, this stuff that we're doing in, in chemistry, like, you know, this is just the math that we did in like grade nine or whatever. Like, this is just that from earlier. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I went to a French school for, for, elementary school uh, it's on it's on bridgeport road here and here in waterloo it's called Ecole l'harmonie um because i, I was <laughs> raised in both french and english and we would often even sort so obviously like we had the one teacher right up until about i don't know like grade four or five or something and then we had multiple teachers but even then there was still like you know you'd have the one teacher it was like our math you know, gym and like french or whatever and then another teacher would be like science whatever you know and even then you wouldn't see those teachers ever combining their their disciplines right? so so you'd never be in gym and being like hey uh you know you this is burning x calories or this is how this is affecting your body this way or that way or like you know like when you're when you're when your blood blood pressure rises or your or your heartbeat rises it does this when you sweat it does that nope because even the teachers are sort of thinking of it like no i'm teaching my gym class so all i do is just say now run these laps those gym teachers were very strict they'd always make us run laps and like do really hard stuff pretty crazy for for like fifth graders but anyway um jeez run laps i remember (laughs) in fifth grade they were like all right there's a bunch of dodgeballs go ham like they were they were pretty serious it was cool but but it's 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 an interesting point you make, Scott. Right? Because because if you have a good teacher, you know they'll be like, well, listen, if they're teaching first grade or something, they've got you know technically I'm teaching all these classes, right? And I've got to be doing whatever like three hours of math today and two hours of science. Or I don't. I guess they don't do that much, but like they've got certain amounts of certain things for each day. And instead, why can't they just be like, listen, today we're gonna learn about a thing. This thing relates 
to five of our subjects. It relates to one subject more than the other and more than the other and more than the other. But we're learning about a thing and a skill and we're learning about sort of either way, right, like if it's going to be like an event or something or or a general mm-hmm. happening or a way to kind of move about the world. and general <laughs> happening? A general happening. I don't <laughs> know, like happening. a... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like a moment in history. Just thinking of that from a branding <laughs> perspective. <laughs> Hello, kids. Today, today we're going to be... We're gonna be uh, we're gonna, Make sure you show up for our general happening. General happening. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, no, that, I, I just think that's a, that's, a, that's a good point, Scott. I'd never mm-hmm. really actually thought, thought well, about that. that I, I have a question you know? for Scott. So obviously you do, you do a lot of talking and discussion with businesses. And I was just wondering what you think the perspective is of a business on high school students because obviously you're in high school you're pretty much unskilled labor and you know a lot of the times you can't really like it there's limited how much you can add to where you work right like you can't do probably any of the more advanced stuff and you you know you could probably if you went there you'd end up you know either logging data or doing something that's pretty mundane and like do you think like what's the business perspective like are they kind of like well it's not really worth it you know we can't really afford the resources to spend a ton of time, you know, trying to like guide kids along or whatever. Or what do you think like the business look of it is was in your experience? Well, I think it's an excellent question. Um, I'm not sure there's a single answer, mm-hmm. um, but I do know like, uh, like majority. You know? Yeah. It's, it's hard at the best of times, I think for companies to invest in training, even their own employees. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real challenge, right? That's so, very true. Um, I, I think the, the further down, um, the further, uh, the further they mm-hmm. go kind of upstream in their um, workforce uh, development, the less incentive they have. So, um, you know, there are current employees and training them. And then I think there's folks who are thinking a little bit ahead about post-secondary students and, you know, um, trying to invest in those people, um, folks who are in college or who are in mm-hmm. uh, university programs who are looking for uh, co-op placements or work integrated learning or whatever. Um, and then I think, you know, uh, then I think they can sometimes look forward to high school. So I think it depends on the industry. Yeah. I, I think if the industry is looking for folks to come directly from high school, then they have a lot more incentive. Um I think that uh, other companies have have less incentive to reach down, and it depends on the size. So if they're a they're a big company, then they might have more resources and structure yeah. to do those kinds of things. Uh, if they're a small company, um, they might mm-hmm. actually have more need, um, but they have probably less resources to organize. Okay. Um, so it's a so it's it's, t- it's tough for businesses really to kind of justify the time it would take to kind of get a co op student, right? Because like I found, at least in my co-ops, like I wasn't doing a ton of super, super engaging stuff all the time. And, um, you know, obviously I would learn things here and there, but at least at my um, Guelph University co-op, I learned the most, hilariously enough, at lunch breaks. Because on lunch breaks, I could actually talk to the people I was working with and my employers, right? And, you know, we'd sit there and we'd joke and stuff and we'd tell hilarious stories and I could also kind of rack their brain about um, kind of different concepts and things like that. And another thing is uh, utilizing my time. Like, yeah, they gave me a mundane job, but I could, you know, pop in my headphones and, you know, crush a couple podcasts while I was doing something that I had done so many times I could pretty much do it with my eyes closed. 
So that's just kind of a thought on um a thought on that, right? But um but yeah, I get what you're saying because when I look like when I think about it from a business perspective, it kind of like like you said, in the best of times, training your own employees is a challenge. And I can kind of see the justification for that, right? Because they're going to be with us. You know, you want to train them. But a co-op student, like, they're not, you don't know that they're going to come work for you afterwards, right? It's kind of like a lot of the benefits on them, unless you're kind of just doing mundane, easy labor that they can just kind of order you around. Scott. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> oh, sorry, Scott. Ahead. I just, I just want to build on Will's point as well. And some of the things that you said, and ask you about the uh, even the moniker, the business and education partnership. You know, businesses right now are in a real challenging yeah, time. They're trying true. to deal with COVID and everything else. Schools are in disarray uh, in many ways because of the challenges they're facing. I wonder if there's another group out there that you see that ca- could serve as a resource. And I'm just thinking about a situation that Will and Thomas were talking with us about the other day, and they're they've been working on their aquaculture center and they were talking about the fact that they make mistakes over and over and over again and that's how they learn which is great it's going up soon (laughs) that's great but uh, at the same time you know i'm thinking about out in our community is there a population that actually could uh that could do a lot of this mentoring or support or work and one of the groups i'm thinking about are those people who've just maybe recently left the workforce have tons of expertise are really interested in, you know, interested in uh, students and maybe what they're doing, giving back. And is that is that a, a kind of a, an audience or a um, resource that in your work you've tapped or thought about tapping? Because I'm thinking if there was a guy out there or a woman, person who's worked in aquaculture, you know, and they had a walked in with Thomas and William and looked at their thing and said, you guys are just dumb they're supposed to go here and there and save <laughs> very them. possibly could happen <laughs> not that that would happen <laughs> but, but you know like, come on. S- s- save them it. save them 15 repetitions of their error it's and true. still allow them to learn i mean you know that seemed to me to be you know a pretty good connection and it doesn't undermine potentially all the resources the business is just trying to put into keeping afloat so i'm just wondering if there's audiences like that that you might see as an opportunity for um, reaching out and supporting the work of um, the learning of students and uh, the work that goes on in educational systems. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that's, you know, so to some extent that audience is reflected in in our, um, our speakers bureau uh, that I mentioned. Um, but again, students haven't generally connected with those people more directly. So mm-hmm. what, one thing that we're that we've been talking about uh, and starting to develop that I haven't touched on yet is um, a program that we're calling uh, Youth Creativity Fund. Um, and the the idea for that actually came to us from from a, a local organization uh, called Hip Developments. Um, and they're, they do a property management company and they're really interested in helping, you know, build a vibrant water region. Uh, they, they the, the president of the company said to me, you know, when I was a young person, I had an idea and I wanted to try it and somebody gave me a bit of a chance um, and gave me a little bit of uh, money and some direction. And, you know, I always, uh, I kind of always remembered that. Um, and the, the idea of this program is, is a similar idea that we'd basically show young people that, you know, the community believes in them. We want to give them a leg up, um, give them a little bit of, seed money. And, um, uh, you know, I think the next step would be potentially connecting people to, to a mentor. Um, I know, uh, 
I, I, and I know you folks know about this mm-hmm. yeah, summer company program as well, which yep. is similar in, in nature. Um, I th- so I think our, our program isn't meant to be only for businesses, um, but it could be any number of different kinds of ideas. So people might have, you know, maybe I have a creative idea, but it's not necessarily a business idea. It's something that I want to pursue. I think it solves a problem, uh, whatever the case may be, um, then this would be an avenue that they could go. And I, I think where we'd like to take that program is actually then connecting students uh, to a mentor if they are looking for one, um, you know, someone who could give them some guidance on um, some aspects of, of whatever project is that they're pursuing. So it's the focus is a little bit more on learning necessarily than, uh, than turning a profit. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, I totally agree. I think there are people out there who want to who want to help um, and who have probably some time and skills uh, to contribute. So I think if we can help connect the dots that way, it makes a lot of sense. I I, um, I agree, and I think um, it's it's a huge majority, especially as you kind of get into um, the kind of the older and the seniors, like people who have more time on their hands since they've retired. You know, they're not constantly um, occupied with the grind of trying to you know get by and work like you really see like like obviously you couldn't do this now but let's just kind of say an experiment you know because covid there's huge challenges with that but if you just kind of went into kind of like a senior's apartment building and you stood in the lobby and tried to ask for advice i would bet you'd get you get hours worth of advice from people just on certain life issues and the advice is really good because they've been around they've seen some stuff and I think like what I've noticed is older people who have kind of been through a lot of the stuff, they really enjoy to see young people with some giddy up and some fire to go do stuff. And I think like, you know, there's a lot of challenges with trying to implement this into a system, but just, you know, talking to any particular student, I think if you really went out there and tried and kind of talked and met people, you'd find, you could find a good mentor. And even if it's in an unrelated field, just like you said, someone who kind of gives you a little bit of money and some advice. And I, I just really like that. And I think it's, it's more, people would be surprised about how much people kind of enjoy passing on knowledge and kind of, you know, watching the younger generation get fired up and have some giddy up to go do stuff. And uh, I really like that. And I think it comes down to kind of the student at, at the you know individual level to have that kind of giddy up and go and drive and stuff like that. Because that's what people like to see. Like, no one really likes to see someone who's not motivated to do anything. Because then it's like, well, you know, <laughs> like, whatever. Right? But I guess those aren't the students we're talking about. <laughs> um, that looks like kind of all the time we've got here. Um Thanks, Scott, for joining us. Uh, thanks for thanks for providing us with with your insight, especially with your kind of connection to the to the business education center. Or well, obviously, um, is there any kind of final thoughts you have on 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 what we've talked about before you leave, or any kind of advice or or something to either business owners or or students who are kind of looking for that mentor? Uh, person or, or position or whatever. Yeah, well, I think for students, it's just I would say don't don't be shy. I think there are people out there who are willing to help, and the worst that could happen if you ask is someone says no or doesn't reply. So uh, I think if there is something that you're trying to do, and you have some ideas, and you're looking for for people. Again, you don't you know it's if there's we, we love to be able to provide more resources and should as a community, yeah. but. Uh, in lieu of that, um, there's lots of places you can go and find people, LinkedIn and things like that. Um, and uh, totally. it's it's definitely uh, 
it's definitely an option. So it just requires people to take the initiative and, uh, and, and know that it's, uh, you know, it, it's an option for sure. All right. See you, Scott. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Wicked. Good on you for doing the thing. Thanks Scott. All righty. See you. Glad to be part of it. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. We're done. Indeed we are. <laughs> yes.